welcome to the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. This is episode 24, and thank you for joining us. In this podcast, we talk about games, movies, and TV shows we watched over the week, and we give our opinions on them. Today, it's a three-person podcast. We have both the uh, the regular. Go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm still here. Still Craig. One Craig. One Craig. And yep. then the, the new positive thing is we now have another uh, Craig as well. Craig, go ahead and say hi. Hi, uh, my name's Craig. Uh, we got two Craigs in one situation, so <laughs> there you go. always a good time. <laughs> you will never have to worry about finding another Barry. I've yet to meet another Barry other than my dad in my entire life, so <laughs> there's no way I'm finding another Barry, even if I tried. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so, uh, as we usually do, we're going to go ahead and start with news, which there's plenty of this week. Uh, for sh- for sure, at least my my board's a lot more filled up than usual. There's a lot that happened. Yeah, it's been a busy week. Yeah, we're finally getting into the you know it's September first when we're recording this, so it's the first time we're really getting into the holiday season of games. Getting excited. Uh, so first one up is going to be uh, the PS5 is expected to play only PS4 games according to Ubisoft. The original speculation was that the PS5 was going to be able to play games all the way back to the PS2, but as soon as that was put up by Ubisoft, Ubisoft then deleted it. <laughs> so there, there really is no consistency on what's going they to They spoke too soon is yes. what happened. <laughs> they let something out of the bag that wasn't supposed to be out of the bag yet. Somebody lost their job. <laughs> it's a whole big thing here. Yeah. <laughs> I think in all honesty... Um, it's really not as big of a deal as everybody's making it out to be because I can't imagine you're going to want to play that many PS2 or PS3 games. Um, I think I could probably think of a couple that I would still play, but again, I still have a PS2 and a PS3, so it's not a huge deal to me. But I guess, I don't know, I just don't see a, a big problem with it. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. I agree. Um, I know that there's we all have those uh, particular games in our past when the PS like three and uh, was out. And there are some that will probably just want to play. Um, I know I'm hanging on to a PS three for some reason. have not sold it yet. Um, <laughs> but just in case I want to play like Metal Gear Solid Four, sons of uh, or uh, guns of the Patriots, I can go back and play it there. But I mean, no surprise here with that backward compatibility going that far. You know. Yeah, that game was one of my favorites. Now I do have to ask: Do you have the fat PS3 that can play <laughs> the PS2 games, or is it one of like the slims before when they took after they took out the backwards compatibility? Oh, it's a slim gym. It's a slim okay. gym. <laughs> okay. I was gonna say like I have a buddy of mine who holds like the fat PlayStation 3 only because that thing can play PS2 games, and for mm. me, I I don't see any reason to really go back. I want the PS5 to play PS4 games. That's what matters to me, and as long as the games that I have, which are all pretty much first party, mm-hmm. as long as I'm going to be able to play them on a PS5, you know, especially when the system comes out and there's no games, that's all I really need it to be or really need it to do. Yeah, yeah it's, this is always a big topic anytime a new system comes out is a backwards compatibility. And then when it comes out, you usually end up playing like one or two games, and then the only time you're going to play an older game, at least from my experience, is usually only when they remaster something anyway. So... Again, mm-hmm. I just people are going to be upset. They always get upset when they hear that it's not backwards compatible and everybody moves on. So, yeah, that's a very that's a very good point, because I'm 
we all have that one game that we, I don't know if we, like lightning strikes us or something that we just want to play. It's just totally just, I need to play this right now. I know I had that with crazy taxi recently. And then you're, <laughs> and then you're running around and you're trying to figure out who's got it on their online store. How can I like play it right now? And then you get it, you figure out how to get it and you start playing it. And then it, it loses the luster. It loses the Christmas type of feel. And then you're like, well, I guess, what do I do now? You know, um, that's kind of where, where it lays. Yep. Yeah. And I think like, even thinking back to this past generation, there was only a couple games that I really wanted to play and they all got remastered. So like, I really wanted crash bandicoot and Spyro. I got both of those. And yes. then another big one for me was medieval. And, because that was one of my favorite games from PlayStation 1, and that got remastered. So I really have no reason to ever plug in my PS3 or PS2. I still have my PS1 plugged in, but like, I have no need for the other ones right now. All right. Uh, Craig, I'll leave the, leave the next one up to you. Uh, we, can do, we can do the Halo Trouble if you want, since we just did a little PS4 issue. Now we can do the Microsoft issue. I can't remember. We were just talking if we actually talked about it last week. I think we did that. It got delayed, um, but it seems like Halo Infinite's in a little bit more trouble than we thought. Um, they're bringing in. I get. Would you call him a heavy hitter, Barry? <laughs> I, I guess he's an industry vet, right? Is, is what I'd call him. I've never heard of this man beforehand, right? Uh, so Joseph Staten. Yeah, I do know he's worked on previous games. Yeah, he's worked on some previous Halo games. Um, they're bringing him in, I guess, to write the ship. Um, I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't blown away by the the gameplay trailer for Halo Infinite. What was that like last month? Um, but I didn't think it looked terrible. And now it seems like, you know, Microsoft's trying to put out a huge fire with this game. Um, and now, like, I don't know how true it is, but there were some rumors going around that this may not even come out next year. So it just seems like for the game that was supposed to be their console seller, they're in a lot of trouble here. Yeah. That game is the definition of their flagship. Like, that's... Right that's their flagship <laughs> like yep. i i know some i have some friends who still either own an xbox or were willing to either purchase one just to get into the halo series yeah and it's 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 insane that they're kind of just being so cloudy with this yep i don't it almost seems like microsoft was a little surprised by how behind they were cuz they were out there touting this thing as you know, ready to go, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, wait, never mind, we're gonna delay it a little bit. And now they're like, hold on, we got to bring in some other people because uh, it's not nowhere near ready to be shipped. And I mean, I want them to get it right, right? When this game comes out, you want it to be good. And I started playing through some of the older ones because I haven't played them in forever. And like, I forgot how good those games were. Yeah. Halo 1 through 3 are all phenomenal. I even played through Halo 5 recently, and like, they're all really good games. So I want this new one to be really good so if it takes time that's fine but they're definitely going to take a hit on people who are actually going to buy their console now because uh, what games do you have that you can't already get on a playstation 5 now i don't think there really is any which is just bad news for them because they're already behind you know in the console war yeah one of the things that i was reading up on or listening to when it came to this halo game is the fact that there's a chance that microsoft even knew that this was going to happen but if you don't like they got flack for their first gameplay thing because all you got was a loading screen for Halo Infinite. Right. And then when when it's 
the time comes for you to actually show something, they have to go, you know, hey, we're really behind. So Microsoft has to make the decision of either it's going to show the trailer and then delay it because they have to do something. They have to show something right. at this uh, at this uh, game game preview event. And if they don't, people are just going to yell at them anyway. And I, I have to say what probably caught people off guard, and especially me, was all the negative backlash when it came to the Halo gameplay. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. People kept showing the the graphics and how they aren't this super clean or crisp but it you know it's it, as long as it's a halo game you know graphics aren't going to be what you know matters most it matters most to some people very i feel like graphics looking good is very superficial mm-hmm. but people want a reason to get these new next gen systems cuz a lot of people have X, uh, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate so they're just going to get it on their computer so that it, People want a reason to get the console, and I feel like Xbox was pushed into a corner where they have to show the game off, whether it looked ready to go or not. Yeah, that's fair. Mm. They, they want to be uh, delicate with that. Yeah. <laughs> In a way. I think they're going to have to... I mean, they're relying on their Game Pass as it is anyway to help sell the console, but I guess now you just kind of go back to the, the third-party games coming out and just kind of go in on, you know, it'll look better on our console than it will on the PlayStation, I guess. I mean, I guess that's, that's all you have left. Yeah. <laughs> and even then, I don't know how much better it's going to look. They're saying it's a more powerful console, but we'll see. Yeah. How, how good get, how good can everything look to right. begin with? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm still waiting for something, some trailer that's going to be like blowing me away as true next gen. I just still haven't seen it. Neither mm-hmm. have I. Hey, Craig, refresh my memory since you you have an Xbox. Um, What Mm -hmm. is the name of the... When you get halfway through the first Halo game, um, they're either called the Horde or... The Flood. The Flood. Mm -hmm. I still remember to this day (laughs) the first time the Flood came into being and I was not ready for it. You know, you're, you're, you're shooting all of these aliens with guns, and you're like, okay, here are the standard tropes of enemies. You got your big guys, you got your small guys, you got your snipers. And then halfway through, they just throw that at you, and the flood yep. comes out of nowhere, and then you're basically playing like a Resident Evil version of, <laughs> or whatever's closest to yeah. whatever. Hey, it was, that's, that's a memory like that yep. I'll never forget. Yeah, it was, and, it was terrifying the first time I saw the flood. I, I think I ran. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, because they just throw it's like an endless wave of them. It was a cool thing. <laughs> yeah, it was. We need more of that, Microsoft. I know you're listening. We do. <laughs> uh, next up is going to be, I guess we'll move to the Switch thing just to get all three of the consoles covered here. We got a little bit of everything today. Now I think about it. Mm-hmm. The rumors, again, have kicked up of a new Switch console maybe coming in 2021 early is what they're saying. They're saying March. Mm. Uh in order for a new Switch console, which talks about a better screen, which will therefore probably keep the... They keep saying a better battery, but the better battery is probably to support the new the newer screen. Yep. And it's supposed to be able to allow, you know, a lot of the current-gen games to run. And Switch is great for first-party games, and I, I've been waiting for this moment. I finally, you know, a new switch that can run some sort of resemblance of current gen games. Cause even with games like the Witcher, which I have for the switch was it ran, but it just doesn't look very good. And loading times are atrocious. And if 
people who've listened to the podcast before, The Outer Worlds <laughs> was utterly awful mm. all with loading times when it came to when it came to them being able to port it on Switch. So if you can make those third party, you, you know, these current gen games run on Switch like a normal console, I guess, and I hate to call it that, but that's what it is. <laughs> uh you're going to have a lot more hardcore fans get a Switch because then it's not just for the first-party games, which is what everybody ends up buying Nintendo consoles for anyway. But it's it's a matter of it's about time that they did this, and they're apparently, with the reports, they're going to be announcing a bunch of new games coming out, and that's why this holiday season has been so dreary for Nintendo because... The, the last game that really came out was the Origami King, Paper Mario. Yeah. And they really haven't said anything since. We don't even have an we we don't even have anything for the next Zelda or another Donkey Kong. Or we, we have Bayonetta. heard about Mario. Or Bayonetta. Oh, Bayonetta as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't they don't have anything coming out this holiday, right? Not yet. The rumor is that they are going to announce the new uh, like Mario remake collection oh, yeah. this week. Uh, so I need probably that. That, yeah probably when <laughs> yeah, this comes seriously. out they've already announced it and you know just leave it up to our podcast to tell you the future again <laughs> yeah <laughs> for whatever reason everything i've been guessing seems to come true yeah i mean that? 10 give me a 1080p screen on the switch and i'm okay with yes. that yes um make it run third-party games at least adequately because at least from my experience it, majority it's like only first-party games look decent and run well on the switch besides like a few instances here and there but like they need some more power behind it because it's it's lacking and i only play the first party titles on the switch because to me that's the only thing worth playing and i would love to play it more so if they can get me a more powerful console that gives me the option that i can play some of these newer games holding in my hand in bed i'm in so I mean, that's that's definitely correct there. And, you know, the first party games obviously are more attractive um, when you're looking across the landscape um, of Nintendo. You get lost in how many other games are there just for the 10, 20, 30 bucks. And you, you take a look at the trailer. Some of them you take a chance on. Um, but the one big thing with the switch is just we that better quality, like visually. I mean, you're going to have, like you were saying, your instances where Breath of the Wild was beautiful beautiful you know um and there are certain games where they can they can get they can reach that but a lot of people if you ask them if they have a switch you know that would be the biggest that's one of my biggest i don't want to call it a complaint because i love my switch and my switch is right across from me and i don't want to offend my switch (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah so but i i would love i would love that better quality there um so I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it it would be a good time for them to drop it. You know, let the newer consoles from Microsoft and Sony come out, let them sit the holiday season. And then in that downtime that we always get in February, March, April, boom, new console. And they'll rake all the money. Mm hmm. So. Yeah, and be careful about offending your Switch, probably because you're going to end up with Joy-Con drift <laughs> yeah. after, the, yeah, after the podcast. Like both of us. Yes. <laughs> do we have any news, uh, by the way, since we're talking about Switch, do we have any news on a new Metroid like that hasn't already been said? Um, I'm waiting for that as well. I need that in my life. 
Yeah, um, there's no new news on on them. They nothing. they announced how the development was pretty much butchered, and then a new team took it over, and you haven't heard anything ever since. I still think it's a couple of years off. Oh yeah, for probably. sure. Probably maybe the end of the switch cycle, maybe. <laughs> Or we may never see it. That's just the curse of Metroid, I guess. Yeah, that is a sad thought, though. It's the same thing that ended up happening with Zelda on the Wii U. You know, you had a game come out toward the end of the Wii U's lifespan, which, let's be honest, the Wii U was terrible lifespan, even though I still have mine plugged in. (laughs) No reason to have it plugged in anymore, Barry. I play it for Mario Party. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Mario, oh, that's yeah. that's definitely fair. And the fact that it's 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 a Wii emulator, I can you know play yeah. any Wii game that I want. True. On that, which I, I mean, I still fun. I still have my Wii plugged in, so I guess it's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I never use it, but it's plugged in. <laughs> for that one moment, that yeah, one time, that one time that I really want to play uh, Wii bowling, you know, <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I do have it plugged in. Let's go. any other news of you know there's tons to go over like i uh (laughs) next one next one i'll just get into next is going to be the call of duty cold war uh trailer yes ended up coming out it it looks good i think cod looks like cod the usual for me Mm -hmm. Uh, but the little extra tidbit tidbit of this is that the trailer came out and it had a bit of a tiananmen square footage on it and china ended up censoring that trailer to edit out the to edit out the tiananmen square stuff and the multiplayer demo is going to be shown on september 9th right okay so i saw the trailer and i thought it was kind of a cool way they call of duty kind of took a page out of Fortnite's book here i was playing the Warzone, the multiplayer and then a new uh i guess like it was in there as a new type of gameplay to play so i was like oh let me check this out and it basically still drops you into Warzone, but it has you kill like four or five people and collect things and then it has you go find woods in the uh the character from black ops they have you find him somewhere in the in the map and then they uh kind of drop everybody back in again when the timer runs out and you have like two minutes to run to the stadium and like your screen's going all crazy and flashing and stuff and then at the end they showed the trailer for cold war so I thought it's was, it was a pretty cool way to kind of show the new game. And I know Fortnite's done that before, um, but I just thought it was really cool. Yeah, that's a good route. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, something, like, something new and entertaining. And we know how a trailer can affect somebody's buying tendency. Right. You know, like right. just I've seen trailers that have made me purchase forty five or forty dollar, fifty dollar games. Mm-hmm. And maybe I wasn't necessarily happy with the with the final <laughs> result, much like trailers are in movies. But a trailer yeah. can make all the difference in the world. I actually skip on the PlayStation Store, which I have a PlayStation Four and a Switch, so both stores. I actually end up skipping some games that don't give me a trailer or a good trailer, and that could have been the difference maker of me, you know, investing my money. Right. Yeah. So you got to keep coming up with creative ways. Yeah, I enjoy when they go out of their way to try something different. So I'll always be a fan of that. And obviously everybody knows I play a lot of Call of Duty, so that's no surprise and that I'll be buying this one because of course I am. But, yes. you know, it's pretty cool. <laughs> and I, d- I had no idea that you were a part of that, Craig. That's that's really cool. I had no idea that you were in when they were doing the uh, mm-hmm. trailer for that. So that's <laughs> that kind of stuff's really cool. And it 
especially for people who weren't interested in Cold War to begin with, there's definitely a certain demographic that ended up experiencing the trailer this way mm-hmm. that goes, oh yeah, I want this game because I was a part of something that you know is super limited, very limited time, that kind of thing. So right. I definitely, that, that's cool. I had no idea that that's how it was working for you because as far as I had known, um, it was a one-time thing, which I didn't know that you were on during that time for i guess yeah (laughs) all righty uh so with a couple of the other news like some of the stuff's going to be a little bit quicker uh so for example fall guys charity event hits big with ninja mr beast aim lab and g2 esports all donating to a fund that fall guys promoted which is called special effect which is a charity that helps people with disabilities play video games and they announced that all four of them combined to do a donated a million dollars and fall guys claimed them as the winners of this and are now going to be putting uh fall guys like themed skins in the game which you you know a million two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a skin in a game you know (laughs) Fall, fall, fall guys is doing such a great job on social media of promoting their game and being interactive with the fans. And I imagine that the special effect, the charity is a UK based charity. They're probably just so happy that they ended up getting shouted out by this because uh, I'm going to go with, this is probably the most they've gotten donated in a long, long time. Yeah. Um, any type of event like this always does a lot of good. And it's nice that, you know, popular streamers and even other people who didn't even have a chance at maybe getting the, uh, like their skin-themed Fall Guy skin uh, in the game, you know, spe- you know, the real winner here is special effect and the people that they're going to be able to help with the money. Uh, even despite, you know, I I don't need a Ninja or Mr. Beast or any of these skins in Fall Guys. I thought their that stuff was fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good on them. I still hate their game. It makes me angry, but good on them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate the game. It just makes me very angry, and I don't like to play it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, some of the other stuff, too, is Nintendo is now allowing you to cancel digital pre-orders of their games on Switch. Welcome to the new, the 21st century Nintendo. Yeah, if only they could <laughs> fix their internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And an odd one here, and I can't believe I read this, is the Joe Biden, like, official election campaign is putting signs in Animal Crossing. <laughs> what? Like, I what? like I don't need enough politics in my video games what? already with microtransactions. <laughs> You now have literal signs in uh, Animal Crossing. It's nuts. It's stupid. <laughs> they've, um, they've crossed the realm. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody it, scre- it screams, hey, fellow kids, right? Like, look how cool we are. <laughs> you're not going to turn it back on, Barry, to put a sign up? See, I still don't have my copy of uh, Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Okay. My friend is still borrowing it, and they never gave it back to me yet. So I'm I'm going to miss out on these Joe Biden signs, and I can't believe <laughs> I'm gonna miss out on them. Let me tell you guys, I'm so upset. You know what? That's why we play the games for the politics, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and also, you just called out your friend on the airwaves here, man. Yeah. <laughs> give him his game back. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't asked for it back, <laughs> but they, my friend has no idea that there are Joe Biden signs in the game. And that's something that I'm very sarcastically answering that I have to have in the <laughs> most sarcastic answer to this possible. 
Barry needs That's fair. Game. Yeah, he needs to cross some animals right now. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to pull those uh, weeds and put up those signs. Come yes. on now. Yeah, I gotta I gotta tend to my yard because I haven't tended it in forever. It's, it's a jungle. Work. Yeah. Yeah, it probably is. It probably just looks like a mess. It's like a messy room that like if a friend were to come over to my island, I'd be like, no, I gotta clean my room first. <laughs> yes. Uh, next up is Pokemon Go is going to be ending support for old phones. Anything running on iPhone 5S or Android, or sorry, iPhone 6, or anything older than iOS 10 or 11 software is going to not be receiving support for Pokemon Go anymore. And anything for any Android that is running on anything older than Android 5.0 Lollipop, quote unquote, oh. will stop support as well. So. Okay. It's, it's a very it's a it's a very small piece of news, but I yes. thought I'd mention it in case anybody here listens is listening onto this podcast with their iPhone six and is an <laughs> avid player of Pokemon Go. Oh, yeah. That's a very I, small demographic, I think. I, I'm reaching out to the one percent. I am reaching yes. out to the one percent here. If you still have an iPhone six, what are you doing? Yes. My goodness, I have an iPhone eight, and I feel old. Yeah. <laughs> That battery on the iPhone six has to be crap. Like your your battery has to be like three charges from exploding. Yeah, probably. It feels like, oh, your phone turns on for thirty seconds and then mm. it turns off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At that point, you're just testing your your success. You're just you're torturing it. You're just torturing <laughs> your success at that point. I keep forgetting that Pokemon Go is still around. Honestly, like I played that so much and then just completely wrote it off in my mind. And every time something comes up, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's still going on and going big. It's crazy. Yeah, it's amazing how much money people put into it. And on top of that, too, like I kind of log in sometimes to play with my dad mm-hmm. uh, because he plays Pokemon Go. And it's always insane to me how my dad has like a complete 151 of the original pokedex and let me remind let me say he wasn't big into pokemon before but this game got him into walking and it got him into catching pokemon for like a little bit of a healthier lifestyle which Mm -hmm. is good for him Mm -hmm. and you know i can't say enough positive things about how pokemon go affected you know his life about being healthier and the relationship between him and i because we used to go on raids or collect catch pokemon together so it was it was really cool uh that that's that that's something that came out of pokemon go yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that and the camaraderie. I've, I uh, would do Pokemon Go. I'm back in its heyday when everybody was doing it. I, I also kind of uh, left it and came back to it. But uh, my fiance and I would walk around uh, back when everything was normal. Yeah. Um, you know, and we would honestly meet some nice people because you know when it started coming to oh I need 15 other people to destroy this legendary bird. You know, with this legendary Pokemon, when it came to that, you know, you would meet, you would walk up, you'd talk to them and y'all kind of just standing around with your phones waiting to get into the get into the party together. And, you know, you meet some interesting people. And besides the exercise, there's that social aspect that you didn't expect that came that would come from Pokemon Go, but it did. Um, And it came in full force. Um, Yeah. But they didn't have six S's while they were doing that. (laughs) (laughs) They had already upgraded by that point. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'll have to do another social. I'll have to do a social experiment where I yell, you know, Dragonite over at the park and then see how many people run to it. I'm going to look like a complete fool. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) They'll just yell back. I already have it. Yeah. That's what they'll say. That's definitely. What's a Dragonite? Yeah. 
Uh, so next up is we did have Gamescom happen this week, mm-hmm. and my reaction to it is kind of eh. me. me? That's, yeah. that's really all I have to say. Yeah. Uh, Ratchet and Clank demo was shown, and there is definitely differences between what they showed during the PS5 uh, reveal event and this event. Like, there's definitely some differences. The demo was pretty much just an extension of what was shown at the PS5 reveal. Ratchet and Clank looks good. I'm excited for that game. And one thing that I have to just go on a little bit of rant about, and I can't believe we've almost spent 30 minutes on the news already, so we're <laughs> going to start wrapping it up here soon, mm-hmm. is the fact that there is a behind-the-scenes trailer for the new Dragon Age. Like, yeah. what? When I watched <laughs> that, I was thinking I was going to get some sort of some something productive about that game. But Bioware has to be so behind on this that there's only concept art and there's only voice actor reel of them doing it in motion cap footage. It's absolutely nuts that so many people are waiting for a Dragon Age game and what you have isn't even a trailer. It's a behind the scenes. (laughs) Of course. Yes. Yeah, they didn't. They're they're nowhere near being done. It kind of reminded me of it was a little bit more than what they did with Skate Four, but like it reminded me of that where they're like, "Hey, we're doing Skate Four. Okay, bye." Like that's kind of <laughs> what the Dragon Age thing reminded me of. Like, hey, don't forget we're still making this game. It'll be out sometime, but don't forget. <laughs> yes. Just don't uh, you didn't even. Dial. Yeah, you didn't even talk about the best announcement, Barry, in Gamescom. Star Wars is coming to The Sims 4. What are we doing? We need to be talking about that. See, I don't play The Sims. <laughs> yeah. So I, I did see that news, and that's good for The Sims. That was but... sarcastic. Oh, okay. Good. All right. Sorry, it's kind of hard to get sarcasm yep. over the microphone. Yep. I mean, there was just... I didn't see too much that I was like, oh, sweet. You know, like, they had the uh, a new World of Warcraft expansion. That's cool if you're still into that. I don't personally play it, but... Um, I was super pumped when I saw Medal of Honor, but then I found out it was VR, so that was kind of meh. No, no. Um, but there just wasn't a whole lot. I expected at least something big. I don't know what they thought their big announcement was. The Lego Star Wars thing looks cool, um, but we've already seen that. I don't know. Just there wasn't really anything there that caught my attention. I was trying to keep an eye on Gamescom. It was like three nights, and I was just like, man, there's nothing here really. But. You know, maybe I was just hoping for a price on the consoles and it just didn't happen. <laughs> We're still waiting on those. Still waiting. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh... Craig, you had something to add to the GamesCon story? Oh, yeah. There's a interesting trailer out for a game called uh, 12 Minutes. And 12 Minutes, uh, first of all, I thought I was looking at a movie lineup because it features yeah. William, William Defoe, James McAvoy and Daisy Ridley, which speaking of star Wars, literally a couple of minutes ago, uh, being Ray from star Wars, I saw that and I was like, yes, please give me trailer, give me trailer <laughs> in my face. Yep. Um, so it's a Annapurna interactive and they were, I was quite happy with their game. What remains of Edith Finch. It was probably, or Fitch. It was probably the best three and a half hours I've ever spent on one particular game. It was quite short, but the visual and the story was fantastic. So I'm interested to see what they do here because it's basically like a 12 minute time loop. The player is at least from what we know is playing this continuous time loop. And it's like a, it's an interactive thriller. 
So we're going to kind of be playing the same thing over and over. And that's where my curiosity gets piqued because I'm wondering how we make this a 15 or 20 hour game, but I'm also quite intrigued on how we make it a 15 or 20 hour game, you know? So they said it was like a cross between the shining memento and rear window as a combination. That's a bold collection. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's a bold collection to compare it to. Um, they said they're trying to get ready for it or have it done by the end of the year. But the biggest news of all out of the entire thing is that it's only going to be available on Xbox and Steam. So I am not going to be able to play it yet <laughs> when, it, <laughs> when it comes out. So um, I'm a PS4 and a Switch guy. So that is all I have in my household right now. But I was quite intrigued and almost intrigued that when the game comes out to find a friend who has it to run over to their house and watch them play it. Um, so that was that was a pretty interesting trailer. The The graphics look OK. Um, but I welcome everybody to go out and just kind of take a look at it just to kind of see because I'm pretty sure it's going to look good on the Xbox. We might have just seen some we probably what I probably saw was Steam coverage on there. But uh, yeah, it looks pretty interesting. Yeah, I thought it looked cool, too. I mean, the lineup, like you said, definitely intrigued me. Um, so I'll definitely check it out. I don't know if it's supposed to be on Game Pass or not, but I'll definitely be looking for that when it comes out. And then just some other smaller things is, uh, so we can get off the news topic here. Uh, Sony is allowing people to pre-order the consoles directly from them. You have to sign up and you will be, quote-unquote, chosen <laughs> in order to pre-order the PS5 directly from them. They stress in that letter or email that they send you that supplies will be limited. So it looks like it's not going to be as easy to get a PS5, maybe as someone had originally thought. Right. Of all I can say, and I have to just take out my plea here, please, Sony, I've been with you for a long time as I look up to the heavens and say, please pick me. I will pre-order from you. I'll sign up for your stupid credit card. I'll do it. I'll sign up for your credit card. Because I can... If it means I get a P, if I can pre-order a PS5, and then I'm going to pre-order the PS5 on your card. It's it's a win-win for mm -hmm. everybody. So uh, that's th that's all I got to say about <laughs> the that. man. The man's got a case. He's got a case. He there. does. I would say that too, but I already have that that credit card, so they already have me there. It gets me so many PlayStation points. I can't complain. <laughs> See, and I've and I don't know what to do with PlayStation points, so maybe maybe I should look into it. But you know, PlayStation, if you want me to get your card, just uh, tell me I can pre-order the console and I'll do it. I swear, yep. <laughs> I'll, send, I'll send them a screenshot if that's what they want. There you go. Uh, then, kind of the last story is going to be that the Nvidia announced new gaming uh, graphics cards for computers, where the and it's kind of like the 30 series where the graphics card uh the rtx 3090 is going to be 1500 the rtx 3080 is going to be 700 dollars, and the rtx 3070 is i believe going to be around 500 the 3070 and the 3080 are going to be released on september 17th and the 3090 i can't remember i think it's in october but uh just overall in general you know, graphics cards are a big part of gaming now, and NVIDIA's been a leader in this stuff for a while. I like that both of their top cards are kind of getting a price cut, so people can get this without having to spend $1,500 in order to get, like, the the best 2080 that you could get at the time was the 2080 Ti, and that was, was like $1,500. And uh -huh. 
It's it's just uh, like I watched the whole presentation. It's very technical, so if you're not into it, I wouldn't watch it. Uh, just because there are a lot of words that they said that I don't even know what they mean. Uh, <laughs> but still, good for NVIDIA, good for graphics cards, good for gaming people, and that kind of sorts out. I, we got everybody. We got Switch, we got PlayStation, we got Xbox, and I got computer news. Like, there you go. Everybody's happy. Yep, exactly. The whole shebang, the whole shebang. <laughs> All right, so that's it for the news, because we spent way too much time on it, as per usual. But now let's <laughs> get into the games. And the games. Let's do it, oh, Barry. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> yeah. Let's so, get angry. Let's go. Yeah. All right. So we the first game we're going to talk about is going to be Madden 21. Yeah, and I, wish, I wish I had gotten the memo to <laughs> like not get Madden 21 because apparently everybody was like, oh, we knew it was going to be bad. I wasn't going to buy it. And I'm like, well, how am I not supposed to get it? Like nobody told me not to do this. Yeah. I guess I was just supposed to know. Yeah. This guy... Give me your impressions, Barry, because I don't want to get too angry yet. Okay, so <laughs> one thing I will mention is this Madden has the lowest critic, sorry, lowest user score on Metacritic right now at a point four. As of <laughs> oh yesterday. my god! Literally point four. This is this is a worse. No, this is a bad game. Now, my opinions of the game are going to be slightly on the brighter side of things. <laughs> I did not expect a lot of this game in the first place. I am a Miami <laughs> Dolphins fan looking to play with Tua Tagovailoa. That <laughs> is go. why I got this game and why I'm playing it. Now, the things that frustrate me about the game are the game mode that everybody plays, franchise mode, saw no visual or even any type of upgrade to it. Oh. So people who play franchise, which is everybody in the Madden community, <laughs> don't. Yep. there's no overhaul. There's no new feature about it. The the other game modes I don't care about. I don't play Ultimate Team. I'm sorry, EA, but I'm not giving you any of my money. <laughs> <laughs> You've taken enough from me as a child. Yeah. FIFA took all your money. Madden's not getting it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the the whole the yard mode it's very, it's a lot of fun. It's very backyard football like where you can pull off all these trick cool plays and it's a lot of fun but i don't play that i play it for franchise Mm -hmm. and that that's what frustrates me the most is that the game mode that everybody plays the game mode that everybody goes into and plays with their friends saw no visual overhaul or any type of improvement to it which with a game that comes out yearly and you didn't change much with the graphics at all yes the game is a little bit faster and i do appreciate that but that is why people buy your game. They do yes. it to play with the Miami Dolphins like myself or the Eagles with a lot or the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like there's so yes. many teams people buy this game to play for. And on top of that, gameplay and all the weird glitches you have. There's nothing that breaks me out more in the immersion than when I score a touchdown and I'm not going to, you know, the Miami Dolphins aren't going to be scoring many touchdowns during this football season anyway. So I have to celebrate nice. as much as I can while playing Madden. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then somebody literally just walks through the player. Like there is no, like during a celebration, there is no like collision or hit or anything like that. Like your your wide receiver will literally walk through him as if he's Casper the Ghost. Oh my gosh! And <laughs> aren't we? You know, I've, that? <laughs> and we've seen a lot of other bugs as well with yeah. flashing text when it comes to face of the franchise mode. Yeah. Oh, There's just one weird effect I've seen people have where 
like a player with long hair it like glitches out and goes across the entire screen <laughs> um what the the fact that this is going to be most likely one or if not the second to last madden for this cut for this console generation and i get it they want to focus on the new uh the new generation that comes out or the next version of these games that comes out for the next gen but you know that that's all i'm holding on to with this madden with this madden i'm just holding on to the fact that maybe the next gen upgrade is going to make it worth it for me because <laughs> right now it's a pass yeah. Right now, if you've played Madden within the past three years, there is no reason to get it. And un- unless you want the updated rosters with the player likenesses, and, you know, that's one of the reasons I got it. You mm-hmm. know, like I said, I'm a Miami Dolphins fan, and I wanted to play with, you know, I wanted to play and build my team, create the next dynasty, blah, 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 that kind of thing. So it's it's frustrating to me that none of that stuff happened. Now that I'm done with my little bit, <laughs> I'm loving Craig, this I, rant. Oh Craig, my god! I, All right, Craig, I know you're angry. I'm angry, but here's the thing: I have to preface this by saying I'm gonna sound like a hypocrite because I buy NBA 2K every year, and NBA 2K does the same thing to me every year, where they don't really change anything, but I buy it anyway because I just want the newest 2K every year. So I'll get that out there now that I'm not a huge Madden supporter. I I play it every year, but I don't usually play it for very long. Um, but I get it. The people who buy it every year, I'm in the same mindset with basketball as some people are with football. So I get it. But anyway, I spent the most of my time playing the face of the franchise mode. And I don't remember if it was like two or three years ago where they put the first one in. And it was really good. Like the story was compelling. I enjoyed it. Uh, this year, you could tell it was like thrown together in 10 minutes. Um, it was terrible. The stories got awful. Uh, the, you know, your teammate that you're friends with is just the most unlikable person ever. Um, and you're supposed to, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you're supposed to sympathize with them or what, but it's just bad. I had the issue where once you get through like your high school and college career, then you go to the pros. And every time I have an after game press conference, Um, the text glitches out on me and then my sound is messed up until I completely quit the game and go back in. Um, So something like that is like a huge mood killer. Once you actually get to the pros in that mode, it's so boring and like nothing's going on. They just give you like, here, do these tasks and then answer some questions and that's going to determine your teammate chemistry and, you know, they'll throw... Oh, you went up a level because you did this. So here, have two stat points that go towards whatever you want to pick or whatever. But it's just not good. Um, the you know they're like NFL Street type mode, very like you were talking about, is not good. Um, and nobody's going to be playing that anyway. And I was, I'm still seeing like the same glitches that I've seen for the past three or four years. Like they they just don't change it. Um, I've, I've had the same issue that Barry has anytime you celebrate people walking through you, um, had people kind of just glitch through the field a little bit. I don't know. It's just, you can tell it was not, it was kind of thrown together and maybe they are putting the emphasis on the next gen version. So this one kind of got thrown out to dry, but this is the only way you can play it right now. So it's not a good look if they, if they're expecting like somebody like you, Barry, in your case to buy it again when you buy a new console, like this isn't going to make me want to buy it again at all. No. Um, it's, it's just a terrible, terrible game. And 
it makes me mad that it's the same thing with basketball, but like you have a monopoly where it's only one company making, you know, your only way you can play NFL is EA um, where it used to be. You could buy EA or you could buy 2K's version. You know, we need to get away from the monopoly that these companies have because it doesn't do anybody any good when they don't have competition every year. Um, so I, I would love to get back to that. It's the same thing with NHL too. Like there's no competition there. Um, the only real competition I think is, is uh soccer, right? Cause you have EAs and then you also have the other, I'm blanking Barry on which the other one's called. Yeah. It's FIFA and it's Pez. Pez yeah. Is yeah. But at least there's something there, you know? Um, but man, I, I don't, I don't want to get super worked up because it's just a football game at the end of the day. It comes out every year, so it doesn't really matter. But this game is so bad. Uh, just don't don't play it, please. <laughs> just pass. Don't even give them your money. It's not worth it. I don't know how you I don't know how you mess it up like this. You know, like what if you were to look at any what if you were to look at the Call of Duty multiplayer Mm -hmm. and they would have let's say they focused so much energy or just put the focus around the in the round table for the developers on the single player for Call of Duty and like completely neglected the multiplayer. Like that's why people are playing like if like myself. I like Call of Duty single player. Um, mm-hmm. I know that's not a very popular opinion nowadays because why would you not play the multiplayer? I love it too, but I'm one of those people. But like, I don't understand how you take how EA takes a game that literally we are here to try to play as our favorite football stars, and you have so many technical issues. We are liter- we are going out and we are buying all these nice televisions and making sure our internet is set up so we can stream the most clear, crisp football game or any sports game for that matter that we possibly can. And then you're going to take the game that's supposed to be basically the representative for football in a virtual world or at least a video video game world. And you're not going to focus on trying to make sure small technical issues that you and that we all have experienced with like games back in i don't know 1998 99 you know like back when yep. you could still make those issues with very small teams or, or of develop or developing team like i i don't understand how you're getting it wrong and ea already does not have a very good decade anyway <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they're, they're not yeah. like they don't they have so much going against them with that you have to nail these situations because who wants to buy it on the ps5 if it's already if you already spent the money on the PS4 version or what you're going to have a bad taste in your mouth for every other Madden to come, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, I know everybody says this, but it's the same thing with uh, Madden. It's the same thing with NBA 2K. It all comes back to the fact that I just don't think they care because they know people are (laughs) going to buy it anyway. Right. Like they're getting their money. People are going to, you don't even have to show a trailer anymore for Madden or NBA. Like it doesn't matter because everybody's going to buy it day one. Because yeah. it's just what you do. And until that changes, like they're not going to care and it's never going to change. No matter how many times people say that, you know, we need to boycott, you know, I hear it every year, boycott 2K next year because it's so bad. And every year we all still spend $100 on mm-hmm. 2K or more. Um, it's just they they have no reason to care. Honestly, they don't. They're getting their money and they're not having to put in a lot of effort. So I get it. But it's just it's such a bummer. That these games continue to come out and they just, you know, it's your only option if you're into a sports type game. Like if you are like any sports at all, like your game options are pretty bad 
Madden's not good. 2K is not good for how much I play it. FIFA's all right. I guess that's the outlier. NHL hasn't been good. And even like the WWE games are absolutely terrible. Mm -hmm. So your options are terrible all around. Yeah, There's not much we can do. The newest WWE game single-handedly canceled a studio. <laughs> it did. It did. And I and I, I played a bunch of it, right? And I think the reason why I ended up playing it so much is because I haven't played a wrestling game in years. And like this year is when I started watching it again. So I was like, oh, I, I need to get a wrestling game. And so to me, it wasn't as bad as everybody else thought who has been playing it every year. But I'm sure if I was into it every year, I would have been absolutely just appalled at how bad it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I guess at some point, you know, there's a discussion to be had about whether or not, you know, okay, so they finally tell us that, oh, developing a game every year is super difficult mm -hmm. to do. And then at that point, the conversation has to start of, okay, well, then at the end, at the beginning of every year, you know, you buy the game, let's say, okay, we'll use this one as an example, Madden 2021, you know, at 20 of when it comes to next football season, when it's technically supposed to be Madden 2022, is going to be coming out maybe instead of releasing a new game you release a patch where all the rosters get updated mm -hmm. and or consider a dlc and you charge twenty dollars for it you don't charge the full 60 because you're not getting all these quote-unquote new features or new game you know tweaks to it you know you charge people twenty dollars for their up upgraded and then you give the development team time to develop a new madden when for Madden 2023, here's all these new overhauls, all these new things that are coming up because you gave yourselves times to do it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is a conversation that they've been having for a while when it comes to these yearly sports games. And I know with, like, for for this year's NHL, they aren't releasing a next-gen one. Right. So you're going to get NHL 22. Uh, and I have to admit, like, the sports games really all crept on us this year just due to the fact that sports were not happening from March to July. Mm -hmm. So I, it's hard for me to believe that, like, NHL is coming out in, you know, within within a month and a half now. So it's kind of amazing to me to, that they creeped up on me like that. But, you know, that's the conversation that people need to realize. Is EA going to make as much money? No, by not releasing a game every year. They're not going to. But imagine you might get more people. You might get more fans because they don't have to spend 100 or they don't have to spend $60 on a new game every year. But, yeah, you know, my argument is sound EA. Uh, <laughs> if, you, if you want help, hit me up on Twitter. I got you. I'll create a whole plan for you. It's easy. Yeah, that was yeah. basically your interview, and I, if I was, you know, at EA, I would just say, yes, bring them on. <laughs> Open and shut case. We have to get them in. <laughs> bring this man in. He'll help fix the company. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so, we just we just say on to the next year, I guess, and just forget about this year, Madden. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I will be giving an update on whether or not these uh, these upgraded versions of the game add anything to it because i am going to be getting madden i know craig is getting nba i'm going yep. to be getting hl mm. there is a there's a big chance i skip on fifa this year um but fifa is the largest sports game by far so if you're looking for opinions on the next the newest fifa maybe it's better you don't get them from me uh, <laughs> or something like that we'll we'll see but that's 
that was pretty much the one game that I dedicated myself to playing this week, other than Apex Legends, which I say every week. So, I'm <laughs> about that. Uh, other Craig, yes. what have you been playing? Let me throw it to you. All right, so I'm like I'm a marinade kind of guy. So right. when I say marinade, what I like to do with specific games, unless the game truly is one of the only ones that I'm playing at the moment, which ever since COVID started has is not a thing anymore. I kind of like to play a game and let it marinate for a second, and then I'll come back to it after playing some other games. I jump um, from game to game, and um, I know I'm a little bit behind in terms of it being August because it came out in July, but one of the big games that I'm playing right now is Paper Mario. So, you know, you have the intelligence systems behind it. They're the wonderful people who did Barry. The is that Fire Emblem? Is that is that a thing? Is that <laughs> is, the, is, the small gaming franchise? Yeah. <laughs> Moderately. Franchise. Yeah, nobody plays Fire Emblem. I don't play Fire Emblem. I don't know what you're talking about. It's the moderately successful game. Fire Emblem series, just moderately. <laughs> don't you dare say it was terrible ever again. Terrible. <laughs> My son ever again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Now, guys, I don't know if you're like me, but well, actually, you're you're not because I uh, I know what systems you have. So I never invested in the Wii. I was the guy that went over and played the Wii with friends. So because of that, I missed a good portion of Zelda games, and I hate myself for that. And I also missed a good portion of Paper Mario games because of that fact. So I know there was a bunch in between, but my first one was the original Paper Mario. I loved it. I was actually, before this game got released, looking for a copy to try to play on N64 again because I wanted to play it. So that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, which is that game you want to play. But anyway, the newest one, wow. Visually, holy colors. It's, it's, it's vibrant. It's fantastic. In terms of that, I visually, especially for we were also talking about, obviously, the Switch and uh, and uh, the newer Switch is coming out with a better screen and such like that. But I think they really nailed it there. It's got the standard kind of thing that you're going to expect. Princess Peach is in trouble. Oh, no. I don't know how she gets into so much trouble, but thank gosh she does, because that's how we keep getting these installments. But the one thing that's interesting about this particular one with the Paper Mario scheme is everybody, there's this guy named King Ollie that comes in and you find more about him later, but he basically turns everything into origami. So it's Paper Mario Origami King. And there's a nice contrast between what is considered paper and what's considered origami because they talk about it frequently throughout the game, you know? like they're almost like a, a, a race of people in a way. You know, you have the paper people and you have the people that got turned into origami and everybody basically is turned into that into origami and you have to go around the ca- the castle has been encased not encased but there's basically a bunch of streamers that are um going out over the the land that you're in and you have to basically free the castle by destroying the streamers and as you could probably guess it there's a boss at each streamer or multiple bosses um, what Paper Mario does right is just the humor, the, the, the color, the vibrancy of the actual game itself, the interaction with the levels or the sections that you're in. It keeps you going there. And that's what really was keeping me going with it. You know, um, the story is a standard story. 
Um, but what's really what really kept me going was that the problem and um, Craig, I know you were playing this game as well, is that there is a lot of dialogue and the dialogue is written on the screen. So there's the bubbles, you hear the type, almost like a typing while they're talking, kind of like a grunting typing kind of uh, noise. And you have to just trudge through it. And I, <laughs> yeah. and I honestly forgot how much I actually miss voices in a game that long. Because the game's like a 20-hour game, 15 if you power through it. Um, I'm about three quarters through, and I'm starting to really just dread any type of dialogue that's coming at me because <laughs> I focus and I pay attention to it because I have to for the story. But that's just a weird thing that I that I didn't that I found that I didn't like about the game. And one of the other ones that I'm going to say in terms of a, a detriment or a downside to the game is the gameplay in general. Yeah. One of the strengths of the earlier at least the predecessor that i played one of the strengths was the side characters you pick them up along the journey they all had their individual strength you use that strength in in and out of battle to be able to traverse the world and beat your enemies and beat bosses and such and it really added a strategy to the game in this one there's at least as far as I am in it, there's only like two minor characters. You can't even control them. So they kind of do things on their own. You kind of hope they hit the person after you attack. So that was kind of where it was lacking. Um, not to mention the gameplay is on a board that you have to line up the characters. So anybody you're fighting, they start out on separate portions of this board and you spend the beginning portion of your turn trying to line up the enemies so that they are in straight lines or clusters of four so that you can either jump on them using your boots or you hit them with the legendary hammer. And it just becomes unfulfilling after a while. It's just, it just becomes a little unfulfilling. You just, you just have to line them up and then you attack and it becomes repetitive and repetitive and repetitive. And besides the boss battles, which are really the strength that comes out of any of the battle system the random encounters that you face kind of just become over time a little bit lackluster so i would say i want to say bye my heart says i want to say bye because i'm three quarters into the game i'm almost at the end of all the streamers and it's worth going through it to see what level you're going to play next and that's where those games come to me where is where are they taking me? Where is Mario and Luigi? Where are they taking me? That's where I want to go. So that's where it keeps me going with that game because I want to see the next world. Where are we going? Beat the boss. Let's go. And I will say buy it for the exploration. I'm not necessarily going to say buy it for the story, but I'm going to say buy it for finding out what's going to happen. So that's that's my take on it. Um, I wish I could be 100% gun ho because I've been waiting for this one for a while, but I just I can't give it the full full like yes you should why are you still home figure <laughs> out what store is open and Harry Potter this video game you know like I can't <laughs> say that but I will say it's a solid try if you like if you if you're like any of us who have been with Nintendo since basically almost diapers I would say go with it with for that. 
Yeah, it starts off very strong. Like, mm-hmm. I liked the battle system at first. I was like, all right, this is something different, but it does get old after a while. Um, I think the writing, like you said, is phenomenal. Like, it's really funny. Um, but yeah, it does tend to, especially in the beginning, it tends to drag. Like, some of those scenes when uh, they're explaining how different things work, I'm just like, all right, I get it. Let me go. Um, but, and, and also some of the worlds too, like I found as the more I went on, the more I tried to like avoid the enemies just so I didn't have to do another battle. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I trying to jump around mean. them. Yes. It's like, I don't need this, but yeah, it's just a little too much. Um, like I really like the game. I think it's funny. Um, it's entertaining. It looks really nice, but it just t- tends to drag a little bit in places. Um, where I would prefer it to just get more to the point. If this was like a 10 to 15 hour game. That'd be probably perfect. Mm-hmm. Barry, did you ever beat it or not? No, I did. I, okay. I never beat it. I got through the first two thing of streamers, I believe. Yeah. But my, my biggest problem with the game was just the fact that, you know, there's a lot of walking around and mm-hmm. there's a lot of just throwing confetti in order to fill holes and collecting these coin and collecting a bunch of coins. Uh, my switch i primarily play on the go mm. uh, especially like when i'm visiting my parents or i'm going to a trip somewhere and i'm not the one driving it's usually my switch i'm playing but when i'm at home it's a lot pretty much of me just playing ps4 and xbox so my switch does tend to get ignored mm-hmm. uh, yeah. at these points if you know if if COVID allowed me to travel a little bit more i'd probably have this game done I mean, you know what i'd say i would i would have this game done but due to COVID keeping us really all inside and not really allowing us to travel very much, we really, you know, my Switch has seen the brunt of that. I haven't played it as much. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, it's it's a well-done game. It's just not 100% there for me. So I think I'm in the same boat as everybody here. It's just kind of like I definitely recommend it. Um, as of right now, I still have it in my top 10 for the year, but we'll see. I would say it's probably the lower end of the top 10 for the year. Yeah, that's a good spot. Yeah. Uh, All right. So the only thing I played other than Madden this week, and I played more of PGA Tour and just real quick, Barry, I did find a way to turn off the cutscenes, or the the replay. So it made it so much better that I don't have to watch replays after every hole. And like, I enjoy it 10 times more now. So I have been playing a lot of that, but I did start telling me why. Um, I just started it today, so I'm not super far. And it's just the first episode is out right now. And I think the second episode comes out at the end of this week. Um, it does give me a lot of the Life is Strange type of vibe, that type of game where it's heavy on story elements. Um, but I'm really, really liking it. The story is pretty cool. It has to deal with, you know, um, two siblings and one of them kills their mom um, in self-defense. And then you kind of pick up with them oh. me- meeting each other after uh, they get out of, I think it's 10 years uh, that they were in a, they weren't in jail. They were in like a, I don't even know what you call it. But anyway, the story is, you know, very entertaining. It's, it's heartfelt. And you're also, they're tackling the, uh, the like transgender side of things in a video game, which is very cool. Cause I haven't seen that before. Um, so you're, you know, the, there's two main characters, obviously the two siblings, but one of them is transgender. And it's just very cool to me to see that, you know, out there in a, in a game that's front and center for, you know, I guess Microsoft right now. Um, and I'm really, really liking it. I kind of fell off life is strange 
um, oh. for whatever reason, just it didn't really resonate with me. But this one's hitting a little bit differently for me. So I'm really enjoying it. And, you know, I can't like talk too much about it since it is like a story focused game. I don't really want to give anything away. Uh, but I would definitely recommend if if you have an Xbox to definitely check it out. Um, it's It's been fantastic so far. And when you play it in episode chunks, it, I think it's better than trying to get through it all at once because you get to play an episode then kind of think back on it a little bit. And like you said, Craig, marinate on it a little bit. Yeah. And then when the next one comes out, you're ready to go right back in. So definitely 100% check this out. Um, if it can keep up where it's at right now, this one will definitely be in top 10 for me for the year. So I'm super pumped because I wasn't expecting to really like latch onto this game. So it's been a nice surprise. Um, I was just kind of looking at it as like, oh, this will be a good filler between you know to get me from the beginning of this week to the end of this week where i have nba and tony hawk coming out and also you have the avengers game mm. but it's definitely it's definitely hitting harder so a hundred percent check it out all right all right uh craig i know you did have like two more games to talk about um i want you to decide which one <laughs> you uh you want to talk about because we do have to we do have to move on to movies after this got it i'll tell you what i'll uh i'll pick cuphead um, All right. So I'm a little, I'm going to say it again, I'm a little late with Cuphead. Um, partly that being because it recently came out on um, on the PlayStation 4 at the end of July. So I believe it was like the 28th. But it's Studio MDHR. It was a highly anticipated title. And it's it has been out for the Switch and Xbox. It's been out. PlayStation, I, I believe, was the last to get it. I elected to wait for it on PlayStation because I already kind of knew what the game entailed and I just didn't want to punish my Joy-Cons as much. <laughs> um, you, I mean, Barry, you know you know about that that Joy-Con lot just because I remember hearing recently that you, you, you might need to purchase them again. Um, obviously keeping okay, in mind. I don't, I don't want to talk about it, all right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a sore it's subject a, for both of us. <laughs> yeah. Because, oh, yeah, that's because true. The, the controllers are $80. I right know. Now. It's nuts for for what is essentially two controllers, mm-hmm. but I who what kind of friends do I have? I only play with I only play this stuff by myself. Uh-huh. That's true. And you had to get crafty <laughs> the past four or five months. You had to sit and wait for the opportune time to order Joy Cons. I mean, they're more available now, but you know, you go back into like May and heck no. But yeah. um so so I like uh to punish myself with games. Um I'm a Soul Series guy. Started on Bloodborne. Um, uh, I kind of, kind of got into Dark Souls. So when I say when I say Soul Series, I'm basically a Bloodborne guy. Let me retract that earlier statement. So, with any of those games, anybody who knows who has played them or at least knows you know a five minute spiel about them, they're tough. And this is what kind of Cuphead brings at a platforming level for me. So it's. First thing you notice when you turn on the game is it just immediately takes you back to your favorite Looney Tunes episode. And I'm talking about like the old Looney Tunes episode. The The visuals were painstakingly done in that like watercolor uh, visual that really kind of brings me back to watching those cartoons as a youngster. But essentially the game, it's not too hard to follow. You're Cuphead or your Mugman. You can pick who you want. They're buddies, maybe brother and brother, or I don't know. Um, but they basically make a deal or they end up um, owing the devil 
and the devil through his counter not counterpart but lackey king dice um they have to basically try to obtain all of these souls by defeating bosses there's a bunch of souls and there's contracts out for them and it's mugman and cuphead's job to be able to grab these so it's separated into two parts basically you have your levels and you have your boss levels um the the main level screen or the 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 screen where you traverse through the levels is interactive to a such where you just kind of walk around there's a couple of npcs to talk to that's fine there's nothing really to the story you need to know i love that we play so many story enriched games that it's just kind of nice to kind of just pick a game up not remember where you were and in terms of the story and just proceed where this game excels where it really truly excels is not only in how tough the game is but also in the the gameplay the visual and the levels themselves there's a fantastic score a fantastic score it's got a jazzy up tune song in one level and then you kind of everybody every single boss has their own um particular tune and i almost wanted to download the the score off of itunes that's how much i was fascinated and 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 uh moved by it but the the levels themselves are running guns platformers you jump there's a lot of repetition not a repetition there's a lot of memorization involved you're gonna die a lot this is where it goes back to the soul series you are going to die um but it's it just makes you want to play and beat it you know it, it tickles that 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 thing in your brain that says okay I play games all the time. I keep losing at this level. This is not how it's going to go down. And I will figure out a way <laughs> to beat this level. So that's where, it co- where you come back. Uh, you have to have that persistence. And even the first couple of levels, even the first couple of bosses, they're not that tough, but they kind of show you. You could die if you're not paying attention, but they kind of show you what to expect. I know the first boss was a collection of vegetables that were all, they were all sentient and veg- vegetables. I know because one was crying. That was one, the, there's an onion that cries and you have to dodge its tears. Um, but they were called the root pack and there was a potato, an onion and a carrot. And they all had different ways of throwing projectiles at you. And they basically said, here's the game, go off and be somebody. This is what you're going to, this is what you're going to experience. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed every single one that I face. I'm three quarters through the game. There's three islands. And I think I'm on the third island. And between the levels and the bosses, they're separated, which is weird. So you play a running gun level and you jump through it, you die, you figure it out. They have specific levels where you're in planes and you have your own projectiles that you can shoot. Um, and once the level's over, you're done. Game saves, and then you find a boss that you want to fight. And I like that separation because the amount of dying that's happening, it's nice to not have to go back to the beginning of any level if you you know were to get through it and get to the boss and then all of a sudden die, and then you have to play another level again. So the separation is nice, but the game overall is going to blow you away because you're going to have... You're going to be in the game. You're going to be humming the songs to yourself as you're dying and respawning and dying and respawning. And I found myself, I died a couple of times just because there was a certain visual cue that caught my eye and it distracted me. I was 
I, I liked it. Um, either the boss said something or did something funny before I fought them, or there was something in the level that was uh, dedicated for the level that I just I just stopped and 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 took notice to, and I ended up dying a couple of times because of that. And if a game makes me do that, if a game makes me break out of focus because of something that it visually or an audio cue has done, then it's definitely worth it. The game's twenty bucks. In my mind, it's worth 40, truthfully. I think anybody who buys the game gets a steal by it being 20 bucks. The um, the only complaint that comes from the community is it is short. It is a short-lived game. If you uh, if you end up uh, with having luck on your side and also being just good at the game, you can beat it in like two and a half, three hours, I think. Um, maybe even less. But it's a buy. It's definitely a buy. I know I'm one of the last people in, in the world to say it. But buy the game, you will not be disappointed. Just be prepared to die a lot. If you get frustrated easily, maybe play for five minutes, and then <laughs> and then and then put the game down. But if you're somebody like me who likes to torture themselves constantly by losing and trying to get better, then this is the game for you, definitely. Yeah, I really enjoyed the game. I played it on Xbox when it first came out, and like I had to take breaks every once in a while because I would get heated. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was such a fun game. Like I, it was never enough to make me not want to play the game anymore. No, no, it was a fantastic game. Yeah, the art styles would definitely kind of came out to me the most. Um, I just like the old fashioned like cartoon style, and uh, you, you guys know that I like the punishing games as well, <laughs> mm-hmm. like Bloodborne, yeah. Dark Souls, all those types of games. So Cuphead was right up my alley when I played it. Yeah. It's a good game. All right. Uh, we're going to go ahead and go into movies then. Uh, pretty much just for me this week, I only watched Project Power. Uh, Craig recommended it to me last week. Mm-hmm. Project and? Power. <laughs> I, really like, I really like Project Power. Uh, okay. I really don't understand. What I, what I like about these Netflix movies is that they aren't overstaying their welcome. They aren't two and a half hours. They aren't three hours. The old, like much like the old guard, this movie was about an hour and forty five minutes, so it doesn't take a lot of time from you. Okay, and the the story is always moving; it's always at a good pace. It's not dragging itself down. I thought Jamie Fox and Joseph Gordon Levitt were really good actors in this film. I also really liked Robin's character, who's played by Dominique Fishback, mm-hmm. and. The, the rapping sequences weren't cringy at all. I, really no. liked them. I, was, I was really surprised that it, I thought it was going to be cringy. I really did. Uh, but when I, when I listened to it and I watched the movie, it was just nonstop fun. And like Craig said, the special effects are really good. Uh, when it comes to Netflix, I feel like some of their special effects, especially in their earlier movies, just aren't up to par with what you see in movies. This one I had no problems with. And Machine Gun Kelly's character, Newt, his special effect where his entire body lights on fire, like it was done really well. It's a a really good movie, much like The Old Guard. And I think Netflix with these with these past two, what I'm going to call them is like premium Mm. movies has done like really good, really, really good with them. I had a lot of fun with Project Power. They're, They're both movies that you could see sitting in a movie theater watching. Honestly, yeah, okay. So that's always a good thing when you can be like, "Oh, I would have paid ten bucks to see this in the theater for sure." I'm glad you liked it, though. Yeah. Um. So I only watched one movie this week, and it was uh, Bill and Ted uh, Face the Music, which Ooh. just came out on on demand this week. And was it? I do want to start off by saying that I think, I mean, Bill and Ted, I, I 
is well liked, but I don't think it gets the recognition it deserves as far as like, I mean, you can consider this a series now because this was the third movie. I think it should be up there with like, you know, the Back to the Futures. Um, trying to think of some other like 90s movies uh, that are held in like high esteem. I just don't feel like Bill and Ted ever really got that. But this movie has no business being as good as it is. Mm. Um, I, I expected literally nothing, even from the trailer. I was like, well, I'm going to watch it because I like the first two, but it's probably going to be pretty bad. I mean, these guys are way too old to be still doing the Bill and Ted thing. But man, like the humor is good. Uh, their kids uh, pull off, you know, their mannerisms perfectly. The supporting cast all around them is fantastic. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It gets to the point. Um, you know, the premise is, I guess what you would expect from a Bill and Ted movie, they have to come up with a song to unite the world because if they don't, the world's going to pretty much self-destruct. Oh. Um, so it's literally them uh, going, they keep going uh, farther ahead in time to try to steal the song from themselves because they can't figure out how to write the song. So you have that angle going and then you have their daughters their two daughters going back in time to collect people musicians from the past to make a band for them um so it's very cool uh i would it's a hundred percent recommend if you haven't watched the first two you definitely should i think they still hold up well um the humor has aged well and you know obviously the special effects in the older movies are not are from the 90s so they're not going to look fantastic now but they do a, a decent enough job so again, definitely check this one out. Um, I think it's I think it was 20 bucks, I believe. So again, Barry, that kind of kind of throws you off because it's more money. And we have Mulan on this Friday, which again is going to be what, 30. So that's uh, steep. The Mulan. But, uh, <laughs> Mulan. <laughs> but I guess, Barry, just get everybody together and have everybody pitch in a couple bucks and you'll be good. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to see what I can do with all of it. Like one of the things that like the bill and ted franchise does seem like something it would interest me but i never grew up with it yeah so like this third movie and i get a lot of people are excited for it but for me without ever growing up on the bill and ted movie franchise this movie i hope it does well but i i have no interest in it like yeah. just because i never grew up with it i would I'm, like i said like i recommend that everybody at least try the first bill and ted movie and see what you think if it's not for you it's not for you because it's again it's not going to be for everybody no. but i just think it's one of those 90s movies that is you know, it, it, it aged well. It was fantastic when it came out. And I would just like to see more people know about it than do now. So it was a cult classic. Yeah, definitely. for sure. Yeah. But that's the only thing I watched this week. I'm just waiting for Milan on Friday. Yes. <laughs> Take my $30, Disney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's get down to business, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything else? Um. I watched a movie called Wish Upon. It's a 2017 released movie. It's featuring Joey King, who um, played the daughter, um, uh, is it Talia Al Ghul, I believe, in uh, Dark Knight Rises. Okay. Um, Ryan Philippe is surprisingly in it. I just wasn't expecting him. Uh, He's just one of those guys I wasn't expecting to be in it. But it's a scary movie. And the premise is similar to because, I mean, you know how scary movies are nowadays. It's really hard to find one true, unique idea. And uh, it's about a girl who's, uh, you guessed it, unpopular in high school. Oh, never <laughs> happens. Nobody was ever unpopular in high school, right? Um, yep. 
and she discovers her father's Ryan Philippe, and they kind of live in a uh, a not so not so well to do house. She discovers a music box in her front yard, and the music box uh, has a devil that she doesn't know possessing it, and it grants her seven wishes. So it's more like a, a dark genie from Aladdin in a way. It grants her like seven wishes, but but the wishes always end up mutilating or destroying somebody that she knows. So her not knowing anything, you know, she obviously is making these particular wishes and it's usually the wishes that you would think a high schooler would make. I don't like this person at school. I hope they die. (laughs) Or I wish this guy or person or gal would like me like those kind of wishes. But every time she makes one, there's a blood cost and to, to, to honestly, there's not much more to the movie. Uh, so she, You can watch it if you like a scary movie or two. I mean, my fiance and I, we watch a movie a night at, during Halloween. So we have to have 30 to 31 movies to watch definitely when October comes. So it would appeal to somebody like us. I wouldn't say rush out and watch it on Netflix. It's got like kind of like a 5 out of 10, maybe a 6 out of 10 vibe for me because the movie's not gory uh, or really scary in general what it reminded me of was anybody who was ever mad at wolverine's uh anybody who died to wolverine's uh, claws in any of the x-men prior to logan that was a big complaint is they would always cut the screen away or tilt it slightly so that you can't see um wolverine actually hit somebody they would just kind of cut it away and that's kind of how the scary movie is you know you watch scary movies to kind of get scared there wasn't a lot of jump scares and there wasn't a final destination kind of um, death to it. They would just kind of, you would have to kind of figure out that they died just by thinking, oh, they probably died. I thought I heard like a neck snap. They, they probably died. <laughs> and I shouldn't have to figure that out myself. I should have, <laughs> you should show me that. So, I mean, other than that, it's, I wouldn't say run out and go see it, but it's called Wish Upon. It's on Netflix, Netflix I believe. And I mean... Ryan Philippe, that's what I'm going to say. So <laughs> that would be a reason to watch a movie. Nice. So, <laughs> so that's all. All right, that's that's all I got, Barry. Yeah, it's all for me as well. Uh, and other Craig, how was your first uh, podcast experience with us? Um, I loved it. I'm an avid listener. Um, <laughs> I, I, I truthfully enjoy what you guys uh, say on each and every podcast. You really appeal to gamers like me. I really enjoy hearing like the the Xbox news that I wouldn't necessarily get because I don't get I don't have an Xbox and also any type of PC or news or anything with the Steam community. But feels great. It's it's nice to genuinely bond with you guys and talk about the thing that consumes our life other than our actual responsibilities. <laughs> yep. Um, and I grew up, you know, Nintendo, and then I made the the turn to PlayStation when you had to choose between PlayStation and N64. So a lot of the games you guys talk about or reminisce on, I've either played or I have somebody who, who I know that has played that I've talked with them about. So I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed being on with you guys, and I appreciate the opportunity. 
It was good having you on here. It was fun. Definitely good to be here. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was fun to have you on. And with that, uh, we're going to go ahead and end the podcast here. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for continuing to support us by either listening to us or sharing around with your friends. If you guys are interested, we are on every social media page under High Sensitivity Gaming. And we do have a Twitch, even though we don't really stream. I am getting a webcam tomorrow, so we'll see how that fixes. We'll see I streamed that... a little bit today, nice. so I, I was on there today. You did stream. <laughs> Um, but if you guys ever have any questions, please make sure to email us at high sensitivity podcast at gmail.com. And we'd love to answer them on air, whether it's hypotheticals or anything gaming, uh, gaming or movie related. So with that, we're going to go ahead and see you guys next time. See you later. Yeah, you guys.